This is the Roast and Reason podcast. Join your host, Andrew Boyer, as we explore the world of specialty coffee. So grab a cup of your favorite coffee and let's dive in. Welcome to Roast and Reason. Hello, my friends and fellow coffee lovers. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about a new topic, a topic that we've never covered on the podcast before. We're going to talk about how coffee roasters and professionals in the industry taste coffee. Just like winemakers and sommeliers and professionals in the wine industry have a really specific way to taste and describe wine, there's a very similar process when it comes to coffee. This is called cupping. And if you're not in the industry and you're kind of a newbie when it comes to coffee or just a a casual coffee drinker, you may not have ever heard this term or seen it. And we're not talking about that really weird therapy that was all the rage in the Olympics a couple of years ago that left the athletes with these huge hickey looking things. That was cupping. This is cupping. They're totally different. So cupping is the standardized process that people use to smell, drink, sip, slurp coffee. At the end of this episode, I'm going to go into how you can do this at home. But before we get there, let's talk about why and when cupping is used in the industry. So the first question really is, why does cupping exist at all? Why does this process exist? Why not just sample coffee and compare them by brewing a normal cup of coffee with a Chemex or a French press or a drip coffee maker, or make a shot of espresso. Really, it's all about consistency and removing variables. There are literally hundreds of variables in the brewing process that can affect the taste of coffee. Some examples include the coffee to water ratio, the brewing time, the brewing technique, so are you using French press or a Chemex or some other type of pour-over technique, the water temperature, the coffee grind size and the coffee grind consistency, and on and on and on and on. So do you get the point? There are lots and lots and lots of things other than just the coffee itself that can impact the taste. The goal with cupping is to have a very standard, consistent way to taste coffee with the goal of eliminating many of these other variables. So what we're really trying to do is isolate coffee and taste coffee, not the brewing technique. The second question becomes, now that we know why it exists, when is coffee cupped along its production process? And there are several key points. Coffee buyers and distributors will cup coffee and taste it when they're exploring the world looking for different coffees to buy and to import. While they are looking for flavor profile at this point, that's not the main reason why coffee happens at this point in its production process. What these professionals are really examining is are there any imperfections? Was the coffee improperly harvested or processed, resulting in off flavors? 
Did the coffee sit out in the sun for weeks waiting for the transport ship to get customs paperwork? Did the coffee get transported on a flatbed truck and was bathed in diesel exhaust for 10 hours as it took to get from the coffee farm to the production or storage facility? Did the workers at the processing mill smoke like chimneys? Some of these examples sound dramatic, but all of these things happen. And they all result in imperfections. They all result in shit coffee. So at this point, the coffee buyers are really looking for these imperfections. We don't want to taste these things in our coffee. And they don't want to buy them and bring them back and make them for us because we as consumers aren't going to like them. So that's one major time and reason why coffee is cupped. Coffee roasters also cup, like a lot. So roasters cup to determine the best roast profile and roast level. If a coffee roaster gets a new shipment of coffee in that they've never worked with before, they're going to try different roast levels for that coffee. Not all coffees taste best as a really light roast or a medium roast or a really dark roast. Some coffees taste a lot better roasted one way or the other. So most specialty roasters are going to experiment and figure out which roast level brings out the flavors in that particular coffee. Roasters also cup to evaluate the consistency or imperfections of their roast technique from day to day. So they want to, once they pick a roast profile, you really want to roast that particular coffee in a very consistent way. You don't want one of your consumers loving a coffee and then coming back two weeks later and not liking it because you don't have any consistency as a roaster. So they'll cup from a day-to-day standpoint and check for those inconsistencies or imperfections. And roasters and baristas and specialty coffee tasters cup to establish a flavor profile so that they can tell their customers what the hell their coffee tastes like beyond just, hey, it's delicious coffee. This is how you get those weird tasting notes on the front of a coffee bag. Things like lemonade, sugarcane, and graham cracker or blueberry, grape juice, and dark chocolate. When you bring those coffees home, you may not taste any of those tasting notes. And that's fine. But those descriptions are intended to give you an idea of what the coffees taste like. Comparing those two, lemonade, sugarcane, graham cracker, one coffee, and then coffee number two, blueberry, grape juice, and dark chocolate, They're going to taste different. Whether you can taste those tasting notes or not, they're clearly going to taste different, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to give you an idea of, hey, this is kind of what this coffee tastes like. They come up with those flavor notes by cupping coffee or tasting it in a very standardized way. I'm not going to go into flavor notes of coffee in this episode. I will do that on a future episode. I will go into some common flavors that you may notice in coffee other than like, yeah, yeah, it just tastes like coffee. There are some very common flavor notes that you might encounter. And I'll just save that for another episode. Uh, This episode, I really want to stick with why cupping is done and and give you uh, 
very practical guide to doing it at home. The other time when cupping is starting to happen much, much more commonly is a lot of baristas and coffee bars are starting to offer public cupping sessions. So they're starting to allow their customers to come in and cup and sample their coffees with them and and educate their customers about their different coffees. So let's talk about how you can give this a try and how you can cup coffee at home. Because coffee cupping doesn't just have to be for coffee professionals. You can do it at home too. And in fact, I, I do this. Not with a lot of regularity, but when I'm roasting coffee at home, when I'm roasting my own coffee, I will often cup coffee, just like I said coffee roasters do, to try to figure out which roast level tastes best for a particular coffee. I will also frequently do this when I buy three or four bags of coffee at a time. So you can buy them online. I am personally fortunate enough to live fairly close to Portland, Oregon, um, and the number of amazing coffee roasters in Portland or Oregon as a whole or nearby Oregon or nearby uh, Washington and Seattle is just staggering. So it's, it's not uncommon for me to buy three bags of specialty coffee at a time and cup them side by side to figure out which one I like better. Cupping is also a social activity. So just like you can go wine tasting by yourself, it's a little more fun when you go with friends. Um, And the same is true with cupping coffee. It can be fun to taste and cup coffee with your friends. And believe me, when one of your friends is tasting coffee, sometimes you get weird tasting notes. And if one of your friends starts saying, I know what I taste, I taste an inflatable pool toy. You're all going to look at him like he's bizarre and probably all have a good laugh. So here's an idea for you, and this is something that I've, I've personally done before. Invite three of your friends over and tell them that they all need to bring one bag of specialty coffee. It's, it's like a BYOB party, but for coffee. And then the four of you all stand around and you sample and cup coffee together. It's, it's a great excuse to get together with friends, and it's a great excuse to discover and sample and try different coffees. Um, and I know I'm a coffee dork, so maybe that sounds more fun and appealing to me than it does to you, but give it a shot. It's, it's actually pretty fun. And this process is really meant to be fun and social. There's another really great option that I'll throw out there that you can use to taste and cup and sample coffee at home to explore different coffees and really expand your palate. And that, that's a coffee delivery service. So there are a lot of them out there and a lot of specialty coffee roasters uh, offer their own and will deliver uh, their coffee to you on a regular basis. But there's one particular one that I have in mind when I'm, when I'm talking about really expanding your palate and trying different coffees. And this is a service that I've personally used for several months now and I, I fully endorse and, and, I, and I personally love. It's called Angel's Cup. So Angel's Cup is a service that will send you four different coffees per shipment. So four different coffees at a time. They're not full bags of coffee. They're more uh, kind of sampler size bags. And they send them to you as unknowns. 
So you're not biased about which coffee roaster it's coming from, what origin it is, what flavor notes it is. They, they come blind with a number. There's also a free iPhone app where you can record your tasting notes and compare them to the tasting notes that the coffee roaster got or the Angel's Cup community gets. And I'm actually going to have the co-founder and uh, CEO of Angel's Cup as a guest on the podcast pretty soon. His name's Jeff. So be sure to check out that upcoming interview um, and be sure to check out their website. It's angelscup.com. Like I said, I don't, I don't endorse or encourage you guys to buy things that I have not personally tried and I don't like. Uh, I like Angel's Cup. It's really cool. It's really fun. So let's get into how you actually do this cupping thing. I've put together some practical instructions for how you can do this at home. First, though, I have a few upfront recommendations. Number one, when you're doing this, avoid very dark roasts. The reason why is at dark roasts, basically all coffees start to taste the same. Number two, avoid blends. Blends can be delicious. I have nothing against coffee blends. But just like when you're tasting wine, a blend of wine, sometimes it's difficult to pick out different flavor notes. The same is true with coffee. It's just too damn hard to break down all of the different underlying flavors with blends. So stick with single origin coffees. Stick with something that says a specific origin from Ethiopia or from Costa Rica rather than a blend that a coffee roaster put together. Number three, don't do this with more than four coffees at a time, max. And when you're starting out, you may want to start with two or three. It's just too hard to kind of keep track of everything and keep track of your tasting notes. Just just start with four. My fourth general recommendation for you is start with coffees from very different regions, especially when you're starting out with this. So if you're cupping four coffees at a time, shoot for something like one Ethiopia coffee, one coffee from Central America, one coffee from Sumatra or something like that, and maybe throw in a natural processed or a honey processed coffee, even if it's the same region as your other one, because a natural processed from the same region is going to very, taste very different from a washed uh, processed coffee. The idea here is to really mix it up and have dramatically different flavor profiles so you can start noticing the difference. As you, as you taste more coffee, as your palate gets more refined, you can then taste four different coffees from the same region of Ethiopia and start to taste slight differences. But as you're starting out, that's just too subtle. You're not going to pick up any difference and you're going to get frustrated and bored. So really start with dramatically different coffees when you, when you first start this. So now that those upfront recommendations are out of the way, let's talk about what you're actually going to need. So the ingredients and the supplies that you're actually going to need to do this. Number one, you need a coffee grinder. Number two, you need a gram scale. Yes, you need some sort of gram scale or kitchen scale. Even a cheapo one works here. 
but it's so much more sensitive to measure coffee by weight than by volume. With that said, I'm going to give you a little cheat later in the episode that you can do this using a tablespoon rather than weighing out your coffee if you don't have a gram scale yet. Number three, you're going to need cups or small bowls. So these are like small soup bowls. You need four of them or however many coffees that you're going to taste. These need to be large enough to hold enough uh, coffee and liquid in order to do this. So they need to hold about 250 milliliters, which is roughly eight ounces. Ideally, these cups should be wider at the top than they are at the bottom. So uh, really like a small soup bowl. The fourth thing you're going to need is a, is a soup spoon for each person tasting the coffee. I know they're your friends, but you don't want to be sharing spoons. That's just weird. Number five, you need an empty dish or bowl where you can deposit wet coffee grounds. Number six, you need coffee. You need 20 grams of coffee for each coffee that you're going to cup. That's not a lot of coffee. So 20 grams, some of that is going to be used to prime the grinder, and we'll talk about that in a second, and some of it is going to be the coffee that you actually taste. Finally, you will need water. Now that we have all our ingredients and supplies, let's go into the actual steps of what you're going to need to do in order to cup coffee at home. Let me... Start by telling you that I'm going to outline these steps in the show notes for this episode on roastandreason.com. Do not take notes during this episode. If you're driving, don't pull to the side of the road and try to get all this down. I will have notes for you. They'll be right there on the website. So you can refer to them as you actually try out this cupping process the first few times. So let's get into it. Step number one. Start by heating the water. You're going to need 50 milliliters of water for each cup that you're preparing. So if you're cupping four different coffees, you need 200 milliliters, but heat up more than that. I personally use an electric tea kettle that I set the water temperature. So you want to heat the water to 205 degrees Fahrenheit. If you don't have a thermometer or a kettle that tells you the temperature, here's a kind of a cheat that you can use. Bring the water to a full boil, turn the heat off, wait about 30 seconds, and then you have water that's roughly 205 degrees Fahrenheit. As the water heats up, we can move on to the next couple steps. Step number two, take 10 grams of coffee and grind it in the coffee grinder. Then throw it away. Yes, you heard me. Throw the coffee away. This is the one time that it is perfectly acceptable to throw away good coffee. Why do we do this? This primes the grinder. So the the idea here is to take away any remaining, any residual coffee that you have previously ground in that grinder. This isn't important when you're preparing a full pot of coffee. It is important, though, when you're preparing a really small amount of coffee to taste. You don't want that previous coffee to taint 
or change the flavor of the coffee that you're trying to taste. I want to take a minute and stress that it is important to weigh coffee on a gram scale. Volume is just not nearly as precise as weight because different types of coffee beans, different roast levels, all of those factors can dramatically affect the size or volume of beans. But if you don't have a gram scale, you can still cup coffee. And I want you to use this really, really rough conversion. Again, this is not precise, but this if you don't want to buy a gram scale, this will allow you to still cup coffee. So when I say 10 grams of coffee beans to prime the grinder, and we'll use another 10 grams to actually taste, 10 grams roughly turns out to about one and a half tablespoons of whole coffee beans. Got that? So the conversion roughly 10 grams, one and a half tablespoons of whole coffee beans. Now that our grinder is primed, step number three is to take another 10 grams of coffee and grind it at a medium coarse setting. I use the same grind setting that I use for French press, maybe slightly finer, but about the same. Place the ground coffee in the cup, and you're going to want to label the cups or place a card indicating which coffee is in which cup, but place them upside down. You don't want to bias you yourself and your friends as to which coffee you're drinking, but at the end, you do want to know which one is which. Repeat the priming and grinding steps. So step number four is repeat steps number two and three, the priming and grinding step for each coffee that you're going to taste. So for each coffee that you're tasting, you want to prime the grinder again before grinding it. Again, the idea is to clear out any of the residual coffee from the previous coffee that you ground. Now that you've got all of your coffee grounds in the cups, step number five is smell the coffee. That's right, before you add any water, take a big whiff of those coffee grounds. I personally find that it's helpful to have my mouth slightly open as I'm doing this. It helps bring the aromas through both my mouth and my nose, and it enhances the experience. Step six is where we finally add water. So you want to add 50 milliliters of water to each cup. You want the water to be heated to 205 degrees Fahrenheit. A really easy conversion is one gram of water equals one milliliter of water. So if you have a gram scale at home, just put the cup on the gram scale, zero it with the coffee in, and then just add 50 grams of water. That's 50 milliliters. You can also measure the water out by volume uh, if you don't have a gram scale. So you add 50 milliliters of water to each cup. Step seven, let the water and coffee mixture sit for three minutes. So you're kind of brewing coffee here. So let it sit for three minutes. Place the soup spoons. So if four of you are tasting, get four soup spoons. Get a large glass and fill it with some hot water. And place the four soup spoons in that water as your coffee is brewing. You're going to want to rinse the spoons in that hot water between the different tastings, again, to remove any residual 
uh, prior coffee off of your spoon. After that three minutes of brewing time is up, there's going to be a crust of coffee at the top of each cup. The next, next step, step eight, is to break the crust. You do this in a very specific way. So use the bottom side of your spoon and just lightly touch it to the crust and move it back and forth in a circular motion. You don't want to dive your spoon deep into the, um, into the cup and stir it around. That'll just stir up a lot of the coffee grounds that have already settled at the bottom. Just lightly touch the bottom of the spoon to the crust and move it around in a circular motion. As you do this, that crust is going to have trapped gases beneath it. Those gases will be released. They're not going to burn you. They actually contain a lot of the fragrance and aroma of that coffee. So stick your nose right down near the cup and take a big whiff. You're going to get a blast of of delicious coffee aroma. Step nine. You're going to remove the residual crust. So after you've broken the crust, most of the coffee grounds are going to fall to the bottom. There's going to be a few stragglers at the top that you don't want to drink as you sip the coffee. So take your spoon and remove those straggler coffee grounds from the top. Discard them in a spare bowl or in your sink or or whatever. Then you're going to wait one to two minutes. During that one to two minutes, most of the coffee grinds are going to settle at the bottom and the coffee is going to cool just a little bit more. If you try to taste coffee when it's too hot, you really don't taste anything. You don't get as many flavor notes as when the coffee is slightly cooler. Now, we are finally at the point where you cup your coffee. It's time to taste the coffee. So how you do that is you take your spoon, you rinse it off, and you get a spoonful of coffee. Again, don't dive your spoon deep into the cup. It'll stir up the grounds. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be drinking or chewing on grounds. Just lightly from the top, dunk your spoon in and get a spoonful of coffee. Take it to your mouth and slurp loudly and sharply. Yes, slurp. Be loud. What this does, if you slurp loud and violently and all at once, it helps spray the coffee over your entire palate and it enhances the tasting experience. What what I want you to do at this point is pay attention to what you're tasting. What kind of tasting notes are you getting? Are you getting fruit flavors? Are you getting woody flavors? It doesn't have to be standardized. Just throw out there what you're tasting. Is it acidic with a bite or is it mild? Is the coffee thick and syrupy or is it thin with a light body? Here's another piece of advice here. Write down your notes. Write down what you're tasting and compare them after all of your friends or everybody else you're tasting with has had a chance to try the coffees. You don't want to just blurt out what you're saying. So if you're tasting coffee with friends and you blurt out, hmm, I think I taste graham cracker. I guarantee you that all of your friends are going to start to taste graham cracker because now you're biased and you're looking for it. So you don't want to do that. Write down what you're tasting and then after the fact, compare it with all your friends. 
And finally, just go down the line, taste each of the coffees. As you move from one coffee to another, make sure you rinse your spoon in the hot water. You can go back and repeat. Um, You can bounce around from coffee to coffee, but rinse off that spoon in between. And again, write, write down your notes. Which coffee do you like more? What kind of tasting notes are you getting? And just compare them with your friends after afterwards. So that's it. You Now you are all experts and you know how to cup coffee at home if you want to. You, you may never want to do this. Uh, you, may, you may never decide to cup coffee at home. But even if you don't, now you know the, the steps that the coffee professionals take to determine which coffees to buy to determine what roast level to roast their coffee at and to describe the flavor profile. But now that you have these instructions and you're going to have the instructions on the Roast and Reason website too, give this a shot. Give it a try. Have fun with it. Make it fun. Make it a social thing. And honestly, let me know how it goes. Um, Let me know if this was too complicated and too many steps for you guys or if you got it and really enjoyed it. Uh, Let me know if you found coffee Uh, found a a favorite new coffee that you've never tried before. Um, So I really hope this was informative. um, And I I really do hope that you guys will give it a shot. Um, It's it's actually kind of fun. I'm I'm planning on cupping some coffee this weekend. Uh, So take care of yourself, my friends. Uh, Go out there and try some really great coffee. And I really hope you'll uh, join me on our next podcast episode. Thank you guys so much.